the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Season four. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it. Congratulate them, we know they doubted. Somehow we made it up out the pit, back against the wall. Never quit, traversing through each obstacle. Show a non believer what's possible. Let nothing they could do stand in between me and my wildest dreams. Let's go. And that come at us could come in between. Life gave me the worst, yet my side grew so green. We've been down in the dirt, been tossed in the trash, but I never strayed from my path. When we're gone, we looking back maybe we were all way too hot maybe that's our fault it's gonna be a crazy time but it's gonna be a fun time life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box your destination for both some feel good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice all right all right all right it is feel good friday november 11th happy veterans day the in-between fantasy football podcast Back with you, honoring all those who served and continue to serve. Today, we are getting you locked and loaded for week number 10 of the NFL season. I am Seth Wilcock, joined by media mogul and a man who is still probably holding on to his LaVisca Chenault shares, the tight end collector, Nate Polvote. Nate, how are you today, my friend? It is a beautiful Veterans Day here in State College. Did you see what LaVisca Chenault did last night? I did. I did. I knew knew there was some Nate, Nate shares out there smiling. Uh, when he, well, I didn't start him this week, but I might be starting him moving forward if they're going to continue to use him in this offense. And I literally jumped off the couch and screamed with joy when he scored that touchdown. I was just, so I'm doing great. Okay. Okay. Well, vibes are high for Nate. We're glad to hear that. We can talk a little bit more about LaVisca. And while I'm still a doubter um, here a little bit later in the show, but Nate, today we are absolutely loaded. Um, we have a great slate of guests coming on. Why don't you tell the people what we have uh, after our Thursday night football recap, which we'll do right here in just a couple minutes. So we have in between media family's own trash sandwiches coming on today to do some start sit, talk about some matchups, answer your questions. And then at two ten, we have the one and only fantasy footballers gem of a human being, Jeff Greenwood, one of my favorite people out there. I'm excited. It's going to be a great show today. Awesome. I am absolutely excited as well. If you guys are new to the in-between family, welcome in. We appreciate you making us a part of your Friday. We are your spot for some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fantasy sports advice. It looks like we have some of the IBT family members already back in the chat. We got Scott screaming Visca from top of the roof. We got uh, our guy Toronto Dave back in the chat saying, he said, I'm riding Nate's high. Good to see you, Toronto Dave. Appreciate Love you it. making a p- part of your Friday. And then Lucius back in the chat as well. Good morning to you, Lucius. Hope you're having a great feel-good Friday as well. Nate, let's go ahead and let's jump into the Thursday Night Football Breakdown. Just a final reminder to anyone who isn't subscribed to the channel, continue to help us grow here. The faster we grow, the, the, the more eyeballs we continue to get on our content, the more content we can bring you guys. So that's always the goal to bring you more and better content as we grow here in between media. Nate, and we saw Hurricane Nicole last night. She made her first appearance on a wet night in Carolina. The Panthers 25-15 to 15 over the Falcons. Not what I think a lot of betters were, were expecting last night. But it was a really, relatively clean turnover game despite these two lackluster teams and the weather as well. Mariota had some questionable questionable throws, made a really athletic throw, about chucked it 30 <laughs> yards downfield as he was going down. Um, kind of a crazy play there. But the Panthers, man, they dominated this one, Nate. And I think it started on the ground. 
They converted more third downs, and they just dominated the time of possession over 34 minutes for the Carolina Panthers. Well, they're leaning into the run game. They didn't ask P.J. Walker to do much. He only threw the ball 16 times, but he completed 10 of his 16 in horrible weather. This Panthers team, I think, is finding their identity. They're short pass, uh, kind of like gadget plays, and run the ball. It's what they are doing well, and they're winning games doing it. And they're doing it on the back of none other than Donta Foreman. 31 rushing attempts for him again, 130 rushing yards and one touchdown. Looks like Chuba Hubbard kind of lost his job when he was injured. We even saw some Raheem Blackshare, who kind of looked nice at times. He looked better than Hubbard. Um, But overall, man, Foreman is an absolute stud. And we can't forget, this guy was voted the number one running back in college football not that long ago. He was a very high-touted prospect before he tore his Achilles with the Texans. So, Nate, with all this being said, we've seen some good games from Foreman. Last week was pretty subpar because they were so far behind from the Bengals. Where do you rank Donta Foreman rest of season? Because right now he's looking like, I don't want to get too crazy in the moment here, but maybe a borderline RB1. That's exactly what I was going to say, because that's exactly what he is. He's If he's going to get 20 to 30 carries a game, he's going to break the 100-yard threshold more often than not. And he's going to score touchdowns because he is their red zone running back. He's their goal line guy. They're not going to go to Chuba because like you said, he's essentially lost his job being hurt because Foreman has been so efficient. Right. And Raheem Blackshear is nice and all, and he might be a passing option in the red zone, but when they run the ball, which they're going to do most often, it's going to be Foreman. I think he could be a sneaky, like top eight running back. If this keeps up rest of season with what we've seen with injuries and Jonathan Taylor being so inefficient. We have Toronto Dave in the chat saying Foreman is the foreman of the Carolina RB room. Absolutely. If you got him off waivers a couple weeks ago or you've been stashing him throughout the season, like I've been, I've been seeing some teams, congratulations. It paid off for you. I'm seeing some questions come in, guys. Keep the questions coming. Just in about six to seven minutes, we're going to get to those with our special guest trash sandwiches. So keep those coming. We will get to those um, as soon as we get over to matchup management there. Nate, I do want to talk about the Carolina passing game, though. P.J. Walker, 10 for 16 and 108. Obviously, the conditions, the game plan did not go in his favor here. And it really kind of hurt these these receiving options. If you had any, Terrace Marshall, 1 for 43. We're seeing some life out of him, but he's still more of a stash candidate, honestly. And then D.J. Moore, 4 for 29. It's going to be an up-and-down ride with, with D.J. Moore, especially because they have found their identity now more on the ground. So I, I think at the end of the day, like, these are plug and play guys when you have to, but otherwise like they're not weekly starters. Well, again, with PJ Walker, this is going to be a run first team. So it's hard to trust that there's going to be volume. You're looking for a boom play from one of these guys for them to be a fantasy viable. And they've got to score because they're and, just and, not going to have enough. The, the yards and the catches aren't going to be there. Yeah. And, and the Panthers need to be in negative game script, which right now that they've been in more positive game script, which has kind of been surprising with no CMC and, and Robbie Anderson and, and the whole coaching debacle there. But if they can get in more negative game scripts um, against some of these more stacked teams, maybe that's when you can fire up DJ Moore or uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. as well. Nate, let's talk about the Falcons. However, Marcus Mariota, despite everything, a pretty respectable game for him. 17.7 fantasy points on the night, 10 for 30 or excuse me, 19 for 30, 186 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. And he was 33 for the 43 on the ground, kind of looked like OG Marcus Mariota. Um, but at the end of the day, Nate, he kind of looks uncomfortable back there at times, and he's hampering these receiving options. Kyle Pitts, another dud of a game. 
Is there a moment we're going to see Desmond Ritter this season, or do you think as long as the, the Falcons stay within the hunt of their division, Marcus Mariota is the guy? Well, given that it's Arthur Smith, if they're in the hunt for the division, I think it's going to be Mariota. Yeah. <laughs> this morning we were watching the recap on NFL Network as we're doing our writing and editing and stuff, and Jen looks at me and says, when do we get to see Desmond Ritter? I'm hoping That's it's sooner awesome. rather than later. I really do, but I don't think it will be. As long as they're winning, Mariota's been efficient enough. Yep, I, I agree. And and the, the people who are going to suffer is Kyle Pitts, another dud game, two for 28. He did get eight targets, but this is six out of his nine games this season, guys, with lower than five PPR points. I mean, he's a tight end, and you are probably still starting him at times because he does have some boom. Um, but but these are the games you can come what to ex- somewhat expect with Kyle Pitts just because of the low volume here. Drake London, Nate, right after he said he was droppable, had a better game, but still only five catches for 38 yards. He did get in the end zone, which was nice uh, to see for the first time in a while. But still, these guys aren't weekly starters either. You can start them, but but it's not a sexy start anymore. Well, Mariota just isn't pushing the ball down the field. So we're not getting these big, deep passing attempts as often 100%. as you would get with another quarterback. I, 23, 23 attempts, 12 completions, 129 yards against the Chargers in week nine, 253 yards, but he had to throw the ball 28 times to get to 250 yards. They're just, we're not going to get these big chunk plays out of these receivers. And God, Kyle Pitts, like eight targets, but only two catches. And every attempt just looked like Mariota didn't know what he was doing when he was throwing towards Pitts. You would just think that if I was Marcus Mariota and I got that job when I did, I would have been calling Kyle Pitts up that day and working on the rhythm because they just don't seem in sync a lot of the time. We saw that big overthrow from Marcus Mariota the last couple weeks. um, I think it was this last week right over Kyle Pitts' head, and and that was disappointing. So I think they just need to get some chemistry together, but it's kind of a mess here, honestly, if you're trying to play any any Falcons because – even after a great game from Cordell Patterson in his first game back on Sunday. And it was two games in four days, so I understand why they're doing what they're doing. But it was only five for 18 um, and one reception for two yards for Patterson. So a really bad performance on Thursday night. Might have put some people in some holes. Caleb Huntley looked nice at times, um, went five for 32. But we even saw Avery Williams, who I got to give our I got our guy Dave Stewart, uh, Dave Fantasy, a shout-out. He highlighted Avery Williams before the season, said, hey, this guy's a converted corner, and he might make a little noise in the run game. And he has. He went four for 25 yesterday. Of course, Tyler Algier, he was also involved, the talented rookie, eight for 20, added a couple of receptions, but negative 17 yards on three receptions. So kind of a mess of a game here, Nate. But I think overall, Patterson, he will be fine in the long term. He gets some some extra rest here, but it's still just not a sexy backfield either. Well, Arthur Smith clearly has never played fantasy football. You can tell the way he <laughs> you can tell the way he runs these games. He doesn't care. They're going to keep doing what has gotten them to win, and that's apparently going to be using four different running backs over a game. There's anybody reliable in that backfield other than Patterson to start, and everything else is just kind of scary. Like you, because you don't know what you're going to get, but they keep winning. So good for Falcons fans. Shout out Griff. We'll close the book here on Thursday night football. It was a better game than we've seen as of late on the ground, but it was kind of sloppy. But overall, I think we learned some lessons about the Panthers and about the Falcons that we'll continue to take away. Donta Foreman's a stud. The Falcons offense, it's going to be sketchy the rest of the way. you gotta, you got to put them in and pray, honestly. Um, hope you've built up some good juju so far this season with those fantasy gods. <laughs> Nate, let's go ahead and jump into some matchup management here and answer those questions. 
Who you got? Matchup management. Who's it gonna be? Who's it going to be? We are going to tell you right now. And to do that, we're going to bring in someone very special, a great friend of the show, a member of the IBT staff and family, the soon-to-be world-renowned crafter, someone who is an absolute bomb of a time at karaoke night, tears it up, the clever, the ever-cunning trash sandwiches. What's up, TS? Hello. Thanks for having me on. What an intro. Wow. I feel... uh famous <laughs> seth is the king of the intros he makes everyone who comes on feel special sure hey. i feel very special thank you i don't <laughs> need to hype you guys up you guys do that yourself ts how's it hanging up there in vermont how's the weather today how are the overall friday vibes it's good um the weather is actually pretty warm lately it does not feel like mid-november uh which is cool it also does not make me feel like we have a great winter coming which is like a little sad but you know what can you do? Yes, absolutely. That That's the life we live here. TS, how are the fantasy teams doing so far? Are you feeling good about week number 10? Double-digit weeks, they're always fun, but always wildly unpredictable. Yeah, they're doing pretty good. Um, I don't know. I've had some teams. I had one team that I was like, oh, I got to go rebuild, and I'm like third in the league right now, and I have one that I thought I'd be a contender, and I think I'm ninth out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> There we so, go. Gotta love this fickle sport, but uh, having a good time anyways. <laughs> well, we're glad to hear that. We do have some questions coming in for us. So guys, keep the questions coming. Us and TS, we will do our best to uh, to answer these for you. We got our first one from Keg Carr. Awesome name. I, I don't know if that's an abbreviation for name, if that's a full name. If, that's, if your first name is Keg, that is badass. I hope you like to drink some beer. He says, I have Mahomes, Saquon Barkley, ETN, Justin Jefferson, Pittman, Kenneth Gainwell. I'm five and four, one game back from playoffs. Got offered Mahomes, Kenneth, Etienne for Herbert, CMC, Amari Cooper, and Waddle. Okay, so we got to break this down a little bit more for the audio listeners. He got offered Mahomes, Kenneth Walker, Travis Etienne for Herbert, CMC, Amari Cooper, and Waddle. No, I thought you said Kenneth Gainwell, and I think it's Kenneth Walker. Oh, okay, uh, okay. I'm guessing it's Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker, um, correct us if we're wrong. <laughs> I think I think you are right. So basically, he has two RB ones here in Kenneth Walker, Travis Etienne. He has Mahomes, a clear cut QB one, and then Herbert. He would be getting back CMC, Amari Cooper, and Waddle. I mean, I th- think this is a fair trade, but I don't know. I don't know. How do you guys feel about it? Like, I, I think the one side might be getting more depth here, but but I do like Kenneth Walker and Travis Etienne a lot right now, TS. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I think um, there's more depth, I'd say, on the Herbert side, which is cool. In my mind, it honestly does come down to the quarterback situation and what your confidence level is in Herbert um, kind of turning it around because he hasn't been outstanding this season like we kind of expected or hoped or at least I did um I'd still probably lean that side though just because I think getting a little bit more depth at wide receiver here would be cool I guess you don't really need it with Justin Jefferson and Pittman but I don't I'd probably lean Herbert but I can see a case for both sides okay Nate how are you feeling about this honestly overall stack trade here um for keg so I I'm taking the Herbert side. I think he should accept this trade. Now, the trade-off with Mahomes and Herbert, I don't love. 
Certainly. But also as the season goes on, I think what's going on with Herbert is those ribs. Cause that's a, that's a long, slow mm-hmm. recovery process, but he's going to get to the point where he's going to be healthy over the next probably two to three weeks. But then you look at it this way, you're swapping CMC for Kenneth Walker, and then you're getting Amari Cooper and Waddle for Travis Etienne. Any way you shake that out, that is better for your team. And I have questions about Pittman. What's going to happen with Jeff Saturday, Sam Ellinger? Are we going to see Matt? If we see Matt Ryan again, I might feel a little bit differently about him, but you're not giving him up. So I really like this trade. Okay. Okay. I I like that analysis there, Nate. Um, Keg, we appreciate the question, man. Hope you're subscribed to the channel and come back and hang out with us again. Or ask us more questions today because we still got a lot of time for that as well. Here we have Big Trev. What's up, Big Trev? Broncos or Saints D this week, y'all. Nate, how are we feeling about your Denver Broncos, my friend? Tennessee Titans. I'm not sure if it's Malik Willis or Ryan Tannehill will be back. I don't. Is it Tannehill? Tannehill. They're saying it's Tannehill, yeah. Okay, so how are you feeling about Tannehill back in action against your Denver Broncos? I'm still taking the Broncos defense. Tannehill hasn't been good necessarily. He's been okay. The only thing that worries me in this offense is Derrick Henry, but Denver's done a pretty good job of shutting down opposing running backs outside of Josh Jacobs and Travis Etienne. And even if Henry does have a game against them, that's all they're going to get is the run game. Patrick Sertain's been shutting everyone down. TS, how do you feel about this? Because the Saints have a really nice matchup as well against the Pittsburgh Steelers. However, the Steelers are coming off a bye week. First bye week with Kenny Pickett. Are you expecting the Steelers to come out with a little more juice and give the Saints defense trouble? Um, Or are you okay with rolling them out over Denver? I think, yeah, the Steelers are going to have a little bit more juice going into this, I think. I would go Denver as well. I think, uh, Nate, you brought up a great point. Like, the only thing... Um, that the Titans kind of have going for them is Henry and other than Derek Henry, which they can shut him down. That's all you're getting. Okay. Okay. Well, I appreciate your guys' analysis on that. We have another one here from big Trev. He is saying Singletary Gallup, Tony with the news, uh, news of Hardman being out. Nate, you were really high on McCall Hardman this week. How are you feeling about these three options here. I'll be honest. I love Michael Gallup. He's my wide receiver star of the week here with big Mike heading back to green Bay. Um, Are you confident in Gallup Tony here with no Hardman or are you going to roll out with Devin Singletary who's reliable, but the ceiling's just not there. So we don't know for sure that Hardman's out. It sounds like he probably is going to be that still, it doesn't get me that excited about Kadarius Tony because we haven't seen anything from him yet. He had two targets last week. I like Michael Gallup. I okay. just, th- I think Gallup's going to be solid. I think he's solid rest of season. Okay. TS, how do you feel about this? Um, Michael Gallup, he's been up and down. He had a donut not too long ago. However, Dallas does have a buy coming into this and he is playing the Packers who we just saw Rashawn Gary go down with a torn ACL. Eric Stokes has just been rolled out for the, for the rest of the season as well. And Jair Alexander, Joe Barry is not having him shadow anyone so this is not a good Packers defense anymore are you risking it with Gallup for that little bit of upside or are you playing it safe with Singletary I think Gallup has so much more upside I think Singletary doesn't even have necessarily that safe of a floor right now um I mean maybe the Bills are going to lean on the run game a little bit more with Josh Allen um and you know his questionable health but I I still think Gallup if you want upside Gallup Okay. I think we are consensusly on Gallup here at Big Trev. Appreciate you making us part of your Friday. Hope you come back, subscribe to the channel, and come hang out with us again. Here we have George Cook. What's up, George? Hope you're having a great feel-good Friday. Vikings defense if Allen sits or Cardinals defense against the Rams. 
I think it's got to be. I think it's got to be the Cardinals' defense, guys. I, I don't have a lot of faith in the the Rams' defense in general. I do not know if Matthew Stafford's going to go in this one either. John Wolford, he's been talented. However, he hasn't thrown a pass. He's thrown four attempts in the past year and a half, in addition to only ever starting one game in the regular season. He started that one postseason game, had six attempts, got hurt, was pulled for Jared Goff. T.S., how do you feel about this here uh, from George? I'd go Cardinals regardless. I mean, both of these have quarterback questions associated with them, but I think I'd go Cardinals regardless because the Rams this season have been not doing much, and I think Cardinals can totally shut them down. Okay. Nate, are you riding with uh, with the Cardinals as well? If Allen sits, I'm going Vikings defense. Here's why. The Cardinals haven't been able to shut anyone down. Their defense is absolutely awful. But if Josh Allen it's, is in, it's I can't, not that I can't. bad, man. It's not that bad. It's been getting better. I just feel this is a division game, and I'm always weird about starting anything in a division game defensively because those games can get out of hand. But if Josh Allen plays, I, I just I can't start the Vikings defense. Then I would go Cardinals. It's interesting you say that because I I actually like kind of target divisional games a little bit for my defenses just because I feel like they're a little more familiar. Sometimes they're a little lower scoring, but I understand the concern there. I'm going to make it a, a 2-1 and go with uh, Cardinals here with TS, but I, I understand the analysis there, Nate. And here, here we have Toronto Dave coming in. He says, I need help because my team sucks, so i got a couple start-sit questions. Well, we're the people to help you out, Toronto Dave. What do you have for us here first, Khalil Herbert or Devin Singletary? Man, this one is tough. TS, how do you feel about Khalil Herbert um, or Devin Singletary? We just talked about him. Maybe Josh Allen's out. Does that mean a little bit more work for Devin Singletary, if that's the case? I still think Herbert, though. I think um, they have a good matchup against uh, Detroit. And yes. I think Herbert has um, the potential to have maybe not a monster game, but a pretty darn good game. And I don't see that upside with Singletary. Okay. Nate, are, are you also on the Khalil Herbert train? I know you've been in love with this guy for a very long time, so I wouldn't be surprised if so. I, I am. I, I just, I think Singletary is going to suffer because of James Cook and because of Diane Hines getting, being into his second week with the team, but this is a good week. And I don't like starting Phil Herbert a lot, but this is a week. If these are your two options, I'm definitely going Herbert. Unless you're playing me, Dave, then definitely, definitely okay. Singletary. Okay. Then we have another question that this one's very interesting because I actually had to ask myself this in a dynasty league this week, PPR Mac Hollins or Zay Jones. And while I think Matt Collins has some explosive tendencies, the Colts defense has actually been a little bit better than given credit for. I'm not sure what we're going to get in Indianapolis, but it's a very low over under. I think it's about 41 and a half right now on DraftKings. So I want to stay away from that game, despite Matt Collins having some upside. And I'll be honest, guys, I love Zay Jones until last week against the Titans. The, uh, the, the Chiefs were bleeding points to quarterbacks, two receivers. I think they had allowed four straight QB1 games. So I love Trevor Lawrence this week, and I think this is the spot for Zay Jones. He's been pretty consistent as of late. He's got a really nice floor, so I'm willing to throw Zay Jones out there, hoping we hit a ceiling game. How do you feel about it, Nate? I'm with you. I, the thing about Mac Hollins and what he's going to do is that he's going to – he needs a boom play to be relevant this week because Foster Moreau is going to kind of take over that middle of the field work, which is where Carr really does most of his passing work. Zay Jones though, like, like you said, Seth, Kansas city has had a hard time with quarterbacks and wide receivers. Trevor Lawrence can huck the ball. And if Jacksonville wants to win, they're going to have to huck the ball. And I think Jones is going to be heavily involved in this game script. 
Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you, Nate. And something to keep in mind, too, they just traded Fenton, one of their best cornerbacks at the deadline. And now Ladarius Sneed, um, he is their top corner. He is on the injury report. He might not practice. And it was one of those situations where he practiced Wednesday and then only practices in limited fashion yesterday. So pay attention to those practice reports. Um, Trash, with the, all this being said, are you with us on Zay Jones here or are you taking Mac Collins? I'm going to go Mac Collins. Um, I do like the Zay Jones start, and I don't think it's a bad one, but um, Hollins with Waller out and Renfro out, I think he could have that boom game because he does need a boom to really make any impact for your team, but I think he could easily do that this week. Maybe okay. not easily. There's a possibility. <laughs> okay. And you got some people agreeing with you here. You got uh, Dave who's saying he likes Singletary, but Hollins, uh, he likes Hollins for him. And then Mr. Scamper saying he likes Devin Singletary and Matt Hollins as well. So some little agreements there. Um, looks like crazy. And then we, uh, we got we got a new face in the chat here, the Tootsie Pop 6. What's up, Tootsie Pop? Thanks for joining us today. Hope you subscribe to the channel. Come back and hang out with us again. And we got some more questions here. Dave, never feel like you're asking us too many questions. We love them. Keep them coming, buddy. Taysom Hill, or that's not a real name, right? Um, no. Oh, Mason Schmill. Okay. Come on, Seth. Where did you grow up? Taysom Hill or Schmason Schmill. I'll tell you what. I love Taysom Hill all season. He freaking burned me last week. I needed about three points from him Monday night to win. And it's just unpredictable. I mean, you yeah. could get the 30 burger we got earlier. But, I mean, you can also get where he was last week. He throws a couple passes, runs five yards. Trash, just in general, how do you feel about Taysom Hill? Because I know a lot of our staff has been never play Taysom Hill type of people. Taysom Hill in best ball is great. Taysom Hill in any format is scary. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead into this next question here from the Tootsie Pop 6. Mac Hollins or DeAndre Carter? We just talked about Mac Hollins. Obviously, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller on IR, so it's going to open up some more targets. But Matt Collins has already kind of been in that number two role most of this season. I don't like the matchup as much as TS does. How do you feel about Carter here? No Mike Williams. Keenan Allen's aggravated his injury again going up against the 49ers on Sunday night football, TS. No, I go DeAndre Carter here. I think he's um, has a much better opportunity because, yeah, he is um, going to take on that lead role most likely. Unless, you know, I just, yeah, with uh, Williams and probably Allen out, seems like a better, better matchup for me. Okay. Nate, are you willing to take Matt Collins in this matchup against Carter? No, uh, I want Carter. It's just, it's a better offense. He's going to have more opportunities. He had six targets last week. I think he continues to see that. And if he can get a touchdown like he did in week one, he's a much better play than Hollins. Okay. Appreciate that question there from the Tootsie Pop. Um, looks like we have another one here from Mr. Scampers. What's up, Mr. Scampers? Good to see you on this glorious Friday. Do you like Jeff Wilson versus Cleveland or Christian Kirk at Kansas City? Half point PPR. I appreciate hearing that half point PPR. That changes things a little bit for me. I do love Christian Kirk this week, guys. As I just said, we kind of went on this little Jacksonville rant. TS, how do you feel about it? I also love Jeff Wilson. He's the he's the image on this thumbnail for a reason. He's my running back star of the week. How do you split the difference here? Great options. Um, I'd probably go Christian Kirk um, with Jeff Wilson being newer on the team. I think he needs a little bit more time to settle in to kind of know where he slots in, but I don't think he's a bad call, but I would lean Christian Kirk here. I don't hate the Jaguars. I'm not saying that. <laughs> no Jaguars hate from TS. How about you, Nate? Um, where are you going on this one? 
I'm leaning Kirk because of the matchup. I just think it's a better matchup. I think there's a higher boom potential for Kirk this week, though I do like Wilson against Cleveland. I think he might see a little bit less usage than Mostert. Just a gut. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Guys, I do love Jeff Wilson, and I think if there's a way you can get both these guys in your lineup, I would not mind it at all, Scampers. A couple things here just about the matchup for Jeff Wilson. I'm in agreement. I would go Kirk because I think floor is a little safer, a little bit higher of a ceiling. But before this last week when the Bengals ran the ball just 10 times on the Browns for 36 yards on Halloween night, that was the last time we saw the Browns play, they had allowed three straight games of 233 yards and two rushing TDs per game. We saw a lot of good running backs go off against them. So I think it's a glorious matchup for Jeff Wilson. I'm trying to get both these guys in my lineup. But if I have to pick one, it is Christian Kirk. Here we got a guy, Sven, in the house. What's up, Sven? Good to see you today, man. Hope you're having a great Friday down there in the Lone Star State. We got Eric, new face in the chat. Eric, what's up, Eric? Appreciate you making us a part of it. Pick one for flex here. Pittman, Terry McLaurin, or Gabe Davis. Some really enticing options here, Trash Sandwiches. Where do you go? Oh. (laughs) Come back to me. Give me a second. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Nate, how do you feel about it? Michael Pittman, we kind of have touched all week about this Colts offense. It's in that Raiders matchup, which I don't like the over-under, so I am trying to avoid it. Gabe Davis, though, it's kind of depending on Josh Allen for me, Nate. I don't think if Josh Allen's out, I don't want to scream the name Gabe Davis from the top of the rooftops like normally. Um, And Terry McLaurin's been real solid, but he does have Darius Slay. So there's, there's like contradictions in all these plays here, Nate. Well, so you touched on everything I was going to touch on. I think, so who are you least concerned about their production being dinged? Based, I think it has to be Gabe Davis because if Terry, Darius Slay has been a beast and we've got Taylor Heineke at quarterback. While I like him more than Carson Wentz, he's still the commander's quarterback and it's still Taylor Heineke. I, I kind of have to, I think you have to go Dave, Gabe Davis, even if it's Case Keenum, they're not going to change their game script with Case Keenum because Case Keenum is more than capable. Plus, Stefan, I think Gabe Davis is fine this week. Okay. How do you feel about it, Trash Sandwiches? Obviously, a little bit of a revenge game for uh, Case Keenum if he's out there with Stefan Diggs, a little Minneapolis miracle. Is that enough for you to also like Gabe Davis in this against the Vikings? I don't know. I mean, Nate, you mentioned the safety or like who's more um, more stable in this, and I actually might lean Terry on this one. Um, I agree Heineke is nothing special, but I, I think if it's Josh Allen, I'd lean Gabe Davis. If it's Case Keenum, I'd lean Terry. I'm I'm in agreement with you there, Trash Sandwiches. And the one thing I will say, if you need a floor, I like Terry a little bit more. I don't think he's gonna have a boom game with Darius Slay in coverage. But if you need like if you need Gabe Davis t- to go off for 25 points, if you need someone in that range, it's Gabe Davis. But if you want to play it safe, for me, it's Terry McLaurin as well. Michael Pittman, guys, he's dead to me. So I don't think you need to really like get him off your rosters now if you can. It would be my advice. I'll send unless I'll, like, they bring Matt Ryan back. Yeah, that, which I, I think just, Saturday's smart enough to probably see Ellinger for one game. And here we got Dave asking a question again. He's got PPR Noah Fant or Latavius Murray. It's a crowded backfield up there for your Denver Broncos, Nate. They have the Titans this week, but Latavius is one of three heads now. With Chase Edmonds added to the mix. Can you trust him or are you going against or going with the ex-Bronco Noah Fant here in Seattle traveling over there to Munich, Germany on a Sunday morning? You know, Fant's seeing a little bit more involvement in the offense as of late. <clears throat> His snap share has been significantly higher than it was earlier in the season. 
I think I'm going to lean faint here, even against Tampa Bay, because I think Geno Smith is starting to build a rapport with him. It's another option for Geno Smith while they're running the ball a lot. Fant's getting more open on a lot of the play action because they're running so well. And like you said, Latavius Murray, like who's going to get the carries every week in Denver? We don't know. We probably won't know rest of season. This week could be Melvin Gordon. Okay. Okay. So trash, how are you feeling about this one? Nate's going with the Seahawk here in Noah Fant. This is like a deep dive. This really is a deep dive, but how do you feel about it? I agree uh, with Fant. I think the Denver Broncos, for one, you have a question mark around who is actually leading the backfield this week or on any given play. Um, and I think that's going to be a much tougher matchup for them against Tennessee. And um, I, it seems like Seattle or um, rather Tampa has not been good against tight ends. And I think that opens up a lot of opportunity for Fant, even if like it could go Will Disley. But I think both of them will have enough involvement to be solid. I came into this question thinking maybe I would maybe I would go the opposite direction of you guys, Latavius Murray, but you've convinced me. I think Noah Fant is the safer play here. Latavius Murray could literally drop a donut or get you one or two points here. I think Fant has a little bit safer of, of a floor. I think Murray still might have that ceiling because there is a chance he comes out, gets 15, 16 touches as he has the last couple of weeks, gets in the end zone. But I don't want to I don't want to bank on that. I don't want to play Denver Broncos right now. I think we've been saying that for a long time here, Nate. Imagine being a Denver Broncos fan and you're like starting the season with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Oh, "Oh, this is going to be so great. And now we've got Latavius Murray and Chase Edmonds. Yes. It makes me want to cry when I think about it. So I (laughs) if I go off camera, you know why. I completely understand. I'm a Steelers fan. It's been also kind of a heartbreaking, heartbreaking season here. Trash, do you have a favorite team? Do you have one team you root for being up in Vermont? Are you a Patriots fan? Oh, God, no, not Patriots. Um, I <laughs> lean Bills. Okay. Definitely not Patriots. Um, I have, like, a few teams that I like more than others. If I had to pick one, it's probably the Bills. Okay. Hey, that makes sense. Like, you're not that far. How far are you from Buffalo? Uh, Like, eight hours. Okay. Oh, still a little bit of a hike, but probably one of your closer NFL stadiums. Yeah. Uh, I mean, after New York City and Patriots and just never Patriots. Okay. We got big Trev back here in the chat. He said, so you guys said Gallup, who would you choose between Donovan Peoples Jones, Thielen, Gallup, Singletary, bench one PPR. Ooh, that is tough, man. I am, I'm a little scared of Adam Thielen right now. I have been all season with TJ Hawkinson edition. It makes it a really cloudy situation here to me, trash. It's definitely between Thielen and Singletary, probably who I'm considering benching. I like Donovan Peoples-Jones. I'll be honest. I've always liked him. He's been super solid, really safe floor. How do you feel about it? Easily bench Thielen. I think uh, his role is only decreasing right now. He's getting old. Um, I don't think he's got it anymore. Ooh, some shots fired at Adam Thielen, the grizzled vet. He can still rip off some big plays, get some touchdowns, which he's great at, but hasn't been great. It's not getting any better. I think how I would probably go about this, Nate, it's tough though, because like, I feel like if Josh Allen's out, I almost want to play Devin Singletary more because I think they'll use him, especially in the red zone more. However, then I almost, yeah. So I think if Josh Allen's out, I'm going Singletary. If Josh Allen's in, I almost kind of want to chase the points in this game with Adam Thielen. How do you feel about it, Nate? I'm with you a hundred percent, but I'm big on Hawkinson this week too. 
they're going to have to throw the ball to stay in this game. They're going to have to score early. They're going to have to score off. And whether or not Josh Allen is in, because we this offense is still going to be potent. Justin Jefferson is going to have a big day. TJ Hawkinson is going to have a big day. And Adam Thielen is going to have a big day. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I, th- I think final answer for you here, Trev, that we've kind of come to agreements on, at least Nate and I have, I think TS might be a little bit of an outlier here, but we would go ahead and we would be comfortable benching Adam Thielen if there is no Josh Allen and then starting Adam Thielen over Singletary if there is Josh Allen. So love that question there. Um, here we got an update from Sven. Kyler, a true game time decision. Appreciate that update there. And then Big Trev asking Heineke if Kyler doesn't play. I don't love Heineke this week as much as I have in the past two, but he has been a quarterback one these first couple starts for him. Um, Trash, how do you feel about rolling out Heineke or would you be looking for another option maybe? Yeah, I mean, it depends who else is available, but I don't think Heineke is a bad play here. I would love to see what your other options are. Maybe if there's a Trevor Lawrence out there, I would consider him. Um, I think Heineke to me, Nate, I kind of see him as like a mid-tier QB2, somewhere in that 15 to 18 range um, here in week 10. Philly's defense is just really good. It's hard to want to start anybody against them at this point. Um, Keep the questions coming, guys. We'll answer a couple more here with Trash Sandwiches before we let her go and bring in our next guest. Um, Here we got one from Eric. Swift or Mostert, full PPR. It has been a bumpy ride for uh, DeAndre Swift managers the last couple months here, Trash Sandwiches. Can you trust him even though he just saw a handful of carries last week? Or is it Mostert in that great matchup that I already highlighted against Cleveland? I agree that Mostert's going to have a good matchup. Um, Detroit is going to have a really good matchup too. And yes, it's been bumpy so far for Swift. But I think if they both have good matchups, I'm going to go talent and I'm going to go Swift. Okay. Nate, are you rolling with the talent there? Or are you concerned about the workload and going to go Mostert? No, I'm rolling with the talent. I, DeAndre Swift, it's hard to want to sit him when he's healthy. I don't know if he's healthy, though. Like, I think that's... He's like, healthy enough to play. I, I know Jamal help, Williams steals... last week, though. I still can't... If, if it's between Swift and Mostert, I cannot bench Swift for Raheem Mostert. Okay. I'm, I'll, I will be the one digressing there because I think... I'm a little more conservative at this point in the year. I just want some points and not, you know, 0.5 from Taysom Hill again this week. So I would go, I would go Moster, but I understand the analysis there. Great question. It's okay, Seth. Everybody's wrong sometimes. Hey, I, it could be me. It's probably me this week. I've, I've rode the DeAndre Swift game long enough that I, I don't want to play anymore, but I understand. TS, we appreciate you joining us for questions. If you guys have more questions, keep them coming. We'll answer some with our next guest as well. Yes, tell us uh, where we can find you, how we can best support not only your work with In Between Media, but everything else you have going on over in the craft life as well. Thank you. Um, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Trash Sandwiches. That's my name. Don't wear it out. Um, you can find my crafting stuff on Twitter at Stellar Makes and then on other platforms at Making Stellar Things because Twitter is apparently fussy about character length. Um <laughs> But yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It's been fun and yeah, we'll see y'all on the flip side. Awesome. Well, TS, we always appreciate your service here at IBT Media. Good luck to you. Um, the rest of the fantasy football season, bring home some championships. As for everyone else tuning in, continue to hang out with us. We're going to bring in uh, a great guest right here after this sick drop. Um, but first, want to remind some of the new faces in the chat. Please subscribe to the channel if you're enjoying this type of content. Let us know. Let us know how we can improve as well because we're always here to best serve the IBT family. Thank you, TS. We'll see you soon.
It's the sure thing. Sleepers of the week. All right, sure thing, sleepers of the week. This is your thing. And to help us do this this week, Nate, we're going to bring in a very special guest. He's a writer for the fantasy footballers. He's a hilarious human being, one of the best Twitter followers out there. He's a father of three and a fan of the good old fullback life, baby. Let's go ahead and bring him in, making his IBT Media debut, Jeff Greenwood. What's up, Jeff? Jeff! Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. Thank you for taking time out of your busy Friday to hop on with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like the um, the Sleepers of the Week, the Shore Thing logo you guys did. That looks nice. That's Thank all you. Seth. All Thank Seth. No, he's, I, he's I, a genius. I can't take the credit. I might have came up with the segment a couple years ago, but that's our guy third making the video. And we have we have a very special musician friend, Nate Miller-ism, who kind of does all the drops and all the music here. So he is really the backbone of this. But uh, that's true. Jeff, I appreciate the compliment. How are the vibes hanging out here on Friday? Good. Things are good. Yeah, I, I normally wear contacts and wear my glasses today to try to get my my brain working, try to get a little smart here. Um, but no, things are good. It's a it's a Veterans Day, you know, day off with the kids and everything. So it's good. How about you guys? Things are good, man. Nate, how are you doing? Do you have Jackson home today? No, he had school today. Okay, I would. I don't remember. Do kids, Jeff, are your kids off school today? Yeah, they they're all off school today. They get um, Monday off too. I don't know okay. why. So they have a four like day a weekend. Break. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you are enjoying the dad life today, Nate. You got a little bit of a of a break here in the fantasy football life. But Jeff, we appreciate you joining us today, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where we can find your work in the industry, and, and what, what your type of vibe is, Jeff. Sure. So I uh, thanks for the the very kind intro, by the way. So I'm a I'm a writer for the fantasy footballers. Um, I think my proudest achievement in the fantasy world is I got the award from them for like the social media unicorn. <laughs> which is like just this silly thing they put together. Um, so that was cool. But I, I do articles for them. Um, I do trade articles. Um, I do a podcast, Tackle Dummies, with one of my best friends, CCAS. Um, we'll have to have you guys on sometimes. And um, it is rarely actually about football. We just kind of, you know, talk, hang out, um, talk a little bit about some of the things going on in the league. But um, that's a fun listen if you're into just, again, just like silly guys talking that have been friends for a while. Um, and I'm all over the Twitter streets. I'm addicted to Twitter. You can find me at the fantasy Eng. Um, I, I can't get my hands away from the Twitter button whenever I log on my phone. Hey, I understand. I, sometimes I just have to put my phone on like the other side of the room because Nate, you and I will text all day long. If we don't, honestly, it, it, that's probably my, I'm worse at texting Nate than Twitter, honestly, at this point. Well, the worst thing is I got this new <laughs> laptop, right? It has this phone link program. Oh. So my phone's linked to my computer now. So every time I get a text, I don't even have to look at, I can put my phone on the other side of the room and still have all of my tech right here. I can't escape go. it. That's awesome. It there is awesome. Go. I love it. Except when I miss a text from Jen when I'm on a show, then that doesn't really end up going very well <laughs> for me. But that doesn't happen very often. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into our short thing sleepers of the week. I'll be honest. I have no clue who's, who yours is this week. However, you are on a hot streak, man. You have two in a row that you've hit. I hit last week as well. So vibes are high. And our guest hit last week, making our, our guest count now two. I didn't think a guest had hit. I thought we were in some drought, but Dave pointed out to me, he hit back in week six. So no pressure on you, Jeff. Nate, all the pressure on you this week, my friend. 
How are you feeling? Um, go ahead with your sure thing, sleeper of the week. When ready, my friend. I feel no pressure. I'm not no worried. pressure. If I, okay. if I get it wrong, I get it wrong. This is an imperfect science and I'm okay with it. Uh, Jeff, sorry I gave you incorrect information. So we have had one person hit. So maybe you can be number two this we week. Have two. We have two. We do have two. We have now. two. We have two. We have two now. Foster Moreau, Las Vegas Raiders tight end. I don't love that I, at this point in the season with my teams where I'm looking at him. But then I started to look at the numbers and I feel a little bit better about it because 54.1% of Derek Carr's passing attempts have been in that short intermediate range this season. His two primary targets in that short intermediate range are Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. Both are on IR. We don't see them for at least another four weeks. Moreau, when he has played, he has been all over the middle of the field. That's where the majority of his targets have been as well. With both of those guys out, I think Moreau's just going to be the guy who works the middle of the field. You've got Adams who can stretch it. And he's going to run some of those deeper routes. And he comes across the middle as well. But Moreau's actually been pretty good with Renfro still in. He's still, I think it was 19 targets. 11 of those 19 targets over the last three games have been in that short and intermediate range, mostly in the middle of the field. He fills a role for this team that they need filled for the next four weeks. They've been awful, but they've got to try and McDaniels has got to do something with this season to not get fired. We know how the Davis family is. They will act someone if it's not working. And against the Colts, I, th I think this is a good matchup for him. They're, they're just a run heavy team. Even with Josh Jacobs, they're running less than 40% of the time. They're going to continue with the pass heavy script. And I think Moreau just simply works the middle of the field. It's going to be dink and dunk for Carr with Moreau. He's pretty good a yard after the catch as well. I can see him having five, six catches. And if that equates to 40, 50 yards, we're talking 10 points, and that might make him a tight end one tier in the, for week 10. My player that I'm picking is rostered in 40% of leagues on, on sleeper. It's Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, he's yet to score a touchdown. They're going up against the Miami defense, who've allowed the eighth most points. And Donovan Peoples-Jones is ninth in contested catches in the league. Um, I think he's a, a talented player. And I'm just, again, like you said, Nate, it's not a perfect science. I think this could be the week that Donovan Peoples-Jones gets his first touchdown of the season. We have been all over DPJ this season, so I love this call, Jeff. I love it, man. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones, he's got to get in the end zone. Like, I, I'm all about regression, and like positive TD regression is coming Donovan Peoples-Jones' way, so I'm about it, man. I think he has a little bit nice of a connection there with Jacoby as well. So I will go ahead and move forward with my sure thing sleep of the week to round us out, and... This is going to go against two things that I absolutely hate in this world. And one, it's the 2022 Chicago Bears. And two, it's Chase freaking Claypool. But baby, we're doing it. It is risky. Like, it's always a little risky to start a receiver early in a new tenure with a new quarterback. But Justin Fields is hot right now, and I cannot deny that any longer. Claypool, he saw six targets, one rushing attempt, ran just 16 routes last week. So it was targeted on almost like half his routes. It was an insane number played just 35% of the snaps. And what I love that Chicago's doing with Chase Claypool this week, guys, or the season now that he's over there, is they're playing him on the outside. Like, that is where Chase Claypool should have been played this entire time. I get why the Steelers put him in the slot this season because of George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. However, this is going to create some high-value, uh, high-leverage targets for Chase Claypool. No matter what way you're looking at it, this defense for the Lions has been bad against wide receivers, whether you're looking at season long, the last two weeks, the last month. But they've particularly been really bad, guys, against the bigger-bodied wide receivers. DK Metcalf, week five goes off. 
A.J. Brown week one had a day. And then last week, Alan Lazard even had a really nice day against him as well. Kind of fits that profile of a Chase Claypool. I think there's a chance that Chase Claypool explodes this week. I don't know what the floor is, but it is it is a scary floor, but I'm willing to risk it this week. We got Dave in the chat. Shout out Mapletron. Dave saying the sneaky girls approve. All right, let's go, baby. And then Dave bringing back the old Cole Komet. Hey, man, I'm not on it yet. I got people, Jeff, in our... I've been a Cole Komet hater for a long time, so I was in my glory early in the season. I'm not buying it yet. We'll see what we, happens here. We literally named a group chat he was in, Cole Komet Club, just to piss him off. Hey. It was it was glorious. <laughs> and it worked. I love okay. it. It is what it is. Guys, I appreciate all the awesome people in the chat today, all the awesome questions that we've been able to get through, um, all the great comments and feedback on the show. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. If you guys are new to the show, please subscribe to the channel, uh, whether you listen to this on YouTube. We also are out on all the audio platforms as well, Apple, Spotify, you name it. Final thoughts for me on this awesome Veterans Day, and I wrote a column yesterday about some veterans in this fantasy football community, and the one thing that stuck out to me is I've always found it hard to understand how someone could sacrifice so much for us and so many millions of people they've never met, and I condemn them for doing that. And the thing I learned was maybe we will never understand the true sacrifice these people make for our nation, but let's be there to support them the best we can. And so, so whether it's tomorrow, today, any year, any day this year or future years, please support your guys as veterans, help the transition back to civilian life be as easy as it can be. Thank you to all those who serve, all those who continue to serve and all those who will serve in the future. Have a great weekend, everyone. Good luck here in week 10. Nate, you and I will be back on Tuesday. Until then, guys, keep it in between. Thank you. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice.